Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. This is your first time listening to the show. We are taking every single Metallica song and putting it in alphabetical order. We're reviewing them, we're celebrating them, we're damning them, you know, we're, we're discovering them in certain senses as well. So thank you for joining me. Maybe you've been following us since all the way back in Ain't My Bitch 2x4. We had Andre Veselenko on for All Nightmare Long, that opening trio. Maybe you were there then. So if you're joining then, if you're there now... All good, all good. Thank you so much for listening. And, uh, of course, you can subscribe to the show uh, on iTunes, on YouTube, however you listen to it. We should be on pretty much all podcast formats. If you can't find us, let me know, metallicapod at gmail.com, and I will get it on there for you. Also, if you want to come on the show, uh, you know, like my guest today, like the main structure is me and a guest going for a song. Often the guest is someone that uh, I'm not aware of. Actually, my guest today is a a good friend of mine, but a lot of the time it's people that um, have just got in touch, you know, Metallica fans around the world. I've got um, a guy from Egypt on recently, shout out I've got a Brazilian guy coming on soon. You know, I've got a Portuguese guy lined up as well. Of course, if you're just from Newcastle, that's fine as well. You know, you don't have to be from you have to be from anywhere exotic. If you're from Birmingham, that's fine as well. I would I would welcome you with with open biased arms. But yeah, get in touch. MetallicaPod at gmail.com. We have the Twitter as well at MetallicaPod. We've got the Patreon. Um, patreon.com forward slash alpha metallica all these links will be in the description basically two tiers to the patreon first one being you know you get a shout out on the show my greatest thanks you know you contribute into the show and the second tier is any sort of extra content that i do such as my history of metallica and napster or i'm working on something now which is basically going to be sort of a history of metallica's live tours i'm going to go through decade by decade where they played what they played funny stories that went down etc content like that will go onto the patreon first so if you want to help support the show you want to get something in return go onto the patreon and you can listen to that excess content there i think our mission to lars review is currently up there at the time might be off at the moment but you know who knows podcasting works in this weird temporal space where often i'm saying yesterday and that was actually two years ago so you know <laughs> there's this kind of psychedelic element that i'm sure we're going to embrace with budgie as well but um yeah today we're doing bread fan and i'm very excited to welcome as i say you know a great friend of mine joker how's it going man I'm all right, Tom. How are you, man? I'm I'm well, man. And it, you know, we spend most of our time speaking about battle rap. Which is, you know, other podcasts that I do, Battle at Resume. But, you know, we've spoken about um, music to a far extent as well. And I'll start as I always start. Metallica, what was your first experiences? When did you become aware of the band? I was, I've, I've been sort of racking my alcohol adult brain um, over the past few days to try and try and conjure up the first memory. And it was, I, I got Injustice for All um, on tape from the library. Oh, wow. When I was like 10, sort of like 1994. Nice. Um, when I used to get, you know, you get your tapes on rental for 70p a week or whatever it was and got a Jar of Flies and Sat by Alice in Chains. Nice. Injustice for All. And so, I mean, Blackened was my first, my first introduction. And I was fucking blown away, man. You know, just... Yeah. Got sucked in by the intro and then just absolutely smashed, smashed around the face by the rest of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And even on a tape, you know what I mean. Like I, I, I'm not really listening to much tapes. Like, what was the quality like? Was it still quite decent or? It was. I mean, I'd I'd say it's like vinyl without the crackling. There wasn't okay. as much bass, you know, dependent on the system that you had. But oh. to me, it was just I, the quality wasn't an issue. It was just the just having that material and. You know, at that time, someone else who everyone was obsessed with take that and Wigfield by this point, you know, <laughs> it's just good to find something that, you know, went against the grain. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, continuing from there, was it just a case of going through the back catalogue or? 
Pretty much. Well, there, there was a few sort of incidences. I remember um, there was a time in uh, 1995 when they played Donington mm. with um, like Therapy, White Zombie, and Machine Head, and a few other bands. Yeah, I think uh, I think Slashy Snake Pit played. They um, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a throwback. Yeah, they're yeah. fucking shit. They were Slashy yeah. Snake Pit. They were god awful. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm kind of a fan of them, Joker. But we'll, we'll leave oh, this for an, we'll leave this for another time. It's all good. Shit. It's all good. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> <shit>. anyway. Uh, <laughs> they're about as good as Chinese democracy. Right. So. Wow, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a fan of that as well. <laughs> but um, let's keep let's keep it Metallica. Let's keep it Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, I, I taped that show um, off Radio One. Hmm. You know, on the old tape deck. And that was magic to me. And that was the first time I heard Master of Puppets. Mm. And off the back of that, I just went, well, you know, Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to get involved in some of this. Went and bought Master on CD. So I'd have been about 11 years old. And mm. from that point, I think my brother gave me a seven inch of Sad But True that he got from Hospital Radio right. back in the day. So I had that. And then eventually, when I had money and a job, yeah, I went through the back catalogue. And of course, now with the internet, yeah. You just click and get everything, don't you? So Yeah, that that's the <laughs> that's the thing. I'm aware of that uh Donington show, um, because <laughs> Met Fan for Life, who I've spoken about quite a few times, incredible YouTuber that puts all the sort of bootlegs and, you know, T V rips and stuff. And and you're right, like it's in my subscription box on the way to work, it's on my phone and I could just listen <laughs> if I want to. But you know, I love that idea of kind of taping it back and, and kind of you know, I remember a friend of mine actually, uh, when we were younger, he was a huge Nirvana fan and he <laughs> used to buy the like the bootleg someone's you know camcorder in some parish show and he'd buy the 20 pound dvd and last time i saw him he was like it's on fucking youtube like oh you know, yeah you know, it's, it's pointless now pointless yeah. you can just go nirvana first gig and nobody yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, absolutely yeah. great it's stuff. just it's just mad but um yeah uh, and, and like you know going forward it's, it's quite cool really that you've been in Metallica for quite a while then i mean you know when that when they were doing that thing have you been following them closely a lot of people that i've spoke to they've had kind of periods where they've gone in and out how have you been yeah yeah, I mean, because I got into them, like I said, I was about sort of ten when I when I first heard them. I'm like thirty three now, so sort of right. I've gone in and out of phases with groups. Mm. Metallica have always stayed there, and it was something which you know I got into all the the thrash stuff. My my dad found a copy of Kill 'Em All in a charity shop huh. for like a pound, so I had that on vinyl as well, and I had nice. pretty much everything that they'd done. But then I bought Load when it came out, um, which would have been on my twelfth birthday, I think. Right. Um, but bought that just after it come out, and that's still to this day, and it will cause some flutter. But it's still to this day remains my favourite Metallica album. And Joe, yeah, you know, it's, it's the best, most well-rounded. It's got, it's you know, as you know, bleeding me. House that Jack built. Mm-hmm. Come on, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I mean, yeah, that is, it remains, it's been fascinating doing this show, and we're about 18, 19 songs deep, and, you know, there's so many debates that are raging across Metallica, uh, load, load of, of course, is one of them again, and like Slash's Snake Pit, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna step over this landmine. Gloss over it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and um uh and getting into um this song today mm-hmm. uh bread fan um which is you know one of the things that i that i love about metallica is they always show respect to their peers and you know especially you see it through james and lars this huge knowledge of kind of early heavy music awareness of these bands and i, I don't know about you as well um joe but like it brings a smile to my face especially as a kind of you know as a, as someone from dear old blighty and its and its neighbors that this is an old welsh band that they're covering absolutely i i believe they're one of the first 
heavy bands as they were. They yeah. were they, they had some crazy name in like '67. I think it was like Contemporary Hills Grass or something. Right. Okay. And they realised, well, that's shit. Let's just change it to Budgie, which was apparently to be. It was apparently to be like the antithesis of everything they sounded like. Yes. So they they just be always oh, sound like a bird, and they you know at the time they were heavy as fuck. But I I first heard this song on Garage Inc. And mm-hmm. I got that just after it came out again on CD, and you know it bred for. I hadn't really heard any of the material on it at the time, uh, at least the Metallica versions, and Breadfan was one of my favourites. On yeah. their record, yeah, along with like Sabra Cadabra and you know whatever else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, I I I agree. I think that. Um, sorry, just to interrupt you there, but um, no, no I, I agree. I think Garage Inc. I've been listening to a lot recently, and Bread Fan's definitely one of the best tracks on there. Yeah, it's, uh, and then I I got lent a uh, a copy of Budgie's Greatest Hits oh, right. by one of my brother's friends, and he said, "Oh, you know, if you're into." If you're into rock and metal, listen to this. And I listened to it and, oh, yeah, it's bread fun. Mm. Upon first listen, it seemed quite tame, you know, because the, I think, is it Burke Shelley, the the budgie vocalist? You know, he's got quite a quite high falsetto vocal range. Yeah, it's quite, I listened to it today, actually, um, Mm. the original version. And, I mean, the one thing that sticks out to you, it lacks that grit on the guitar, that kind of heavy distortion that James pumps. But yeah, I agree. I like his singing, but it's quite uh, feminine to a certain extent. It is absolutely. I, I was convinced it was a woman. Yeah. While <laughs> when I was a young boy, but it's, it's such a Metallica version mm. of the song, and even though it stays true to the original, and it's basically a replica of it, hence the, the sort of breakdown bridge section um, where they replace the vocals for guitar. But it's it's such a driving rendition. You know, and thereafter, I then got into Budgie and appreciated their other stuff. But for me, for a while, that was that, that was the pinnacle. You know, was Metallica's version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I definitely, I'm gonna get into Budgie. Uh, like as a result of this, like doing the research for this episode, I've, I've sort of been aware of them and heard Lars talking about them and sort of stuff. But you know, I've been reading a lot, and basically, a lot of people are saying online that their first four albums are like yeah. classic just power trio rock you know and uh, apparently their later stuff gets quite proggy and and not as good I, I i don't you know i'm just i'm just paraphrasing what i've read on on forums and stuff like that but um yeah it's worth saying in the in in the song itself like bef- it has quite a lot of important history for metallica um this is um what i'm gonna read now comes from a book that is you know a bible when i'm doing this podcast birth school metallica death um, by Paul Brannigan and Ian Winwood, and Budgie were very, very important. So Budgie were basically in the advert that got Dave Mustaine in the band, and it was the reason why Dave Mustaine joined. So this is from um, this is from the book quote: "The quest for a guitar player, meanwhile, sent Lars back to the musicians wanted section of the by now invaluable The Recycler. This time, his advert specified that interested parties should be a fan of Iron Maiden, Motorhead, and Welsh power trio Budgie." It was the mention of the last band which led to a young guitarist from the recently dissolved Orange County group Panic to pick up the phone and introduce himself as the best guitar player you've ever heard. Of course, this is uh, Dave Mustaine. And, like, I love the fact that it was Budgie that got him in the band. <laughs> they, they were the kicker, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> not Maiden, not Motorhead, Budgie. Oh, no, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Who? <laughs> I, I think it was... I think that that was in Mick Wall's book as well. Right, or there yeah. was some... Because like Lars was so obsessed with like the new wave of British heavy mm. metal that I, I think it was that same anecdote. That, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no yeah, doubt. They, they were the kicker. Which, I mean, they, they should be because yeah. 
in 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 their own right, they're kind of prog, but it's that it's that classic seventies rock element, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, they, uh, I mean the the songs from nineteen seventy three, like the songs old, yeah. the songs like ten years before Metallica form. I, I couldn't believe how old it was. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they're going way back to the days of like Blue Cheer, and just the fact that they're from Wales, yeah. And, that's, and no one knows. You know, yeah. <laughs> Not even Welsh people know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I, remember, I, I was thinking to my dad actually, who was kind of like, uh, my dad would have been like thirteen at this time. He was born in the sixties, and like he's quite into this sort of music. And I, as I said, like, are you aware of Budgie? And he was like. Budgie, like it was like he'd never heard it for thirty-five years. He was like, he looked off in the distance. He was like, yeah, I think so. Like, you know, and it's it, which is getting, you know, as I say, it's the beautiful thing about this band that they, you know, they pay respects. Like, I just had, yeah. um, you know, Eric Ross on from Blitzkrieg um, to go over the song Blitzkrieg, and again, you know, they they weren't the biggest band, you know, and and it was kind of it was it was Lars putting it out there, and this song, as you say, most people discovered it Metallica's version through Garage Inc., but it yeah. was. Uh, a b-side it was uh released in september 1988 it's the b-side to eye of the beholder which is um which is great to see so kind of dating it we get jason on here these were kind of like the early recordings they did of him sort of thing you know it's on live shit binge and purge um you know they 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 played it on the say anger tours on the death magnetic tours at the start of the whiskey in the jar music video you can hear a small clip of it being played like it's one of their real cover staples I feel it's, it's one of the staples of of the original group, and that's what I always loved about Metallica's covers was that they'd they take something and just get that ratio right of not messing with it too much, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they just put their own stamp on it, you know. And this one, I really feel they, you know, they ramp it up more than others because, say, you know, you take some like Tuesday's Gone and you say, you know, the backstory behind it, beautiful rendition, but it doesn't doesn't do much more you know than the original whereas this really this changed you know this changed my perception of what a cover could be in a way while still being straight you Mm. know as opposed to like a zapper-esque yeah. You know, or we'll piss about with it like Gongwood or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like breaking it down to its its parts and kind of just yeah, yeah. doing what you will, but reconstituting it. Yeah, this is very faithful, very exciting. I mean, let's get into the song. And the song, um, you know, it begins with that classic. Like, there's so many riffs that have that hammer on from five to seven, don't they? No, 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 no. Like that kind of almost monomaniacal in the best possible way. The riff dominates the song. You know, and you you see a lot of it in Metallica's music. Like a lot of elements of um, Bread Fan, I think, especially you can see in the songs of Kill 'Em All, you know, compositionally. Absolutely, it's such a driving riff. It's like a mm. granny, and it, it wouldn't have been that out of place on that record. Yeah. To be fair, you know, it wouldn't. It was oh, it's a slower one, but yeah, it, it just it carries the song definitely. Uh, you know, Paul Driver, you know, the Black Sabbath uh, kind of a groove rock domain here. And yeah. w- one of the things that I like is the riffs quite simple in in a, in a good sort of way. I love the verses though; it's got such an energy to it. Not only the melody, but the guitar underneath it. It's quite breakneck. It's James. James's vocals add such like an urgency mm. to it's more snapping, you know, which really fits with the riff. And Lars's drums are just so pounding, and it's it it really, it really adds so much to to the original composition, as it mm. were. Mm. You know? And I guess again, you know, uh, you know, we're we're sort of um, we're, we're you you know sort of post Brexiters to a certain extent. So we appreciate that <laughs> that bread means money. Um, you know, a yeah. bread bread fan 
is you know it's all about um you know being being it's kind of ironic that multi-millionaires would sing this song but kind of you know yeah you can't imagine on that rockefeller shit or the the rothschild steez you can't imagine (laughs) walking out to that (laughs) uh you know not being controlled by money um but but also wanting to make money and you know james is like the bread fan open up you know he just has such a like Mm. if you listen to the original it's it's very delicate in comparison to this one and it has such a rush to it as well and the song doesn't really have a chorus does it it's just that consistent kind of bread fan center that is that's my last note is where's the chorus yeah because there, there isn't there's there's verses and there's a beautiful breakdown section but there's there's no chorus and it doesn't need one you know what the fuck would the chorus be if yeah <laughs> <laughs> some song time dance spread for no, I don't want to hear that. You know? Yeah, it, it's kind of almost like you know metal to a certain extent, and certainly this era, like you don't need a chorus because you have a riff. Yeah, like, you, you, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, whereas, whereas a pop song wouldn't really have a guitar motif, so they yeah. need something as a center. This yeah. doesn't need it. And yeah, you mentioned the breakdown as well, which mm. I mean, it's it, I love how experimental it is. Like, like you know, and I love that it's just kind of it, a lot of songs, a lot of rock songs can do quite a boring thing where the middle is the riff, but it's quiet and the drums are building and it's gonna get that to the crescendo. But in this, it goes completely left field. You kind of have a dissonant riff there, but quite a nice quiet mood with some soloing. It's the sort of was about two minutes forty five, and there's like a there's the driving riff and solo before that. Mm. But this breakdown section, because in the original, it's uh, Burke Shelley singing. Yeah, you know, there's lyrics to it, but they're just entirely replaced with Kirk's solo melodies and the new melodies as well. Mm-hmm. Is is not even true to the original, but this for me is the part of the song. They just take it away into some other place it's more like a classical arrangement to me that yeah. part of the song and yeah. then just cut straight back into which would be the chorus the driving intro riff which mm. then again is it's just got more haste more more power and Lars's staccato double cymbal hit so just to take it straight back into the end and it's beautiful mm, mm, yeah yeah completely I, yeah i couldn't have put it about myself really yeah yeah and I, 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 you know, it's it's a longer song. Like you'd be forgiven for hearing that intro riff, to thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, kind of like a, a two minute kind of crash and grab. But you know, it's five minutes forty, so mm. it does have a bit of extension there. It doesn't outstay its welcome. I agree. You have the first solo you have is just kind of classic Kirk licks with the guitar, mm-hmm. and, and then you know, in the silence, he occupies it. Kind of a bit similar to, I guess, Shortest Straw, um, which kind of has an intro that has something similar to that, um, a, a solo, sorry. But and then. Yeah, and then almost like astronomy, these long lines, these bends, these... Uh, it has many dimensions. For, for, for a power rock song from 1973, it's very multifaceted. Absolutely. I think in, in that way, it is kind of prog mm. in itself because it does, you know, it doesn't keep that. Just like you say, it could be a two and a half minute, three minute, you know, just straight rock metal song. But... They do, and same with Budgie and with Metallica. They do hop between these compositions, you know, throughout songs. Yeah. And, well, that's what makes them great, I think, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, God, yeah. And, and lyrically as well, as we say, it's mostly about the bread fan. Seagull um, is, is another sort of start of the verse. I, I, you know, very simple as well. Kind of um, holding to personal sovereignty is what they're going for in a lot of these lyrics. Seagull, yeah. give it all away. Stay a bird, stay a man, stay a ghost, stay what you want to be. Which oh, yeah. is, you know, it's quite profound. 
Absolutely, you know, stay a ghost. That's it. All seeing if you want to be, stay a man or mm. stay a ghost. It's yeah. it, it, it's extremely good. It is, it is, and um, yeah, I, I, I can't rave about this song more. Really, I, I, I'd always been aware of this track. And um, I remember when we were speaking quite a while ago, and I asked you what you wanted to do. And Bread Fan, you, that you said that pretty much instantly. I remember. Yeah, that's that certainly out of the out of the covers. And when he said B, you know, I yeah. thought, and you'd said Bleeding Me was taken. Oh right, that, yes, <laughs> that would have been my choice for B. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I knew Battery was gone. So. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, <laughs> it, it's like it's like Christmas Day at an off license. Battery's always going to be gone, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, and I guess just a bit more about Bread Fan as well. Um, apparently, it's used in the video game Brutal Legend. Um, it's not a game that I've played myself. Um, looking at the cover, it looks a bit like a sort of guitar hero. It's a action adventure real time strategy game that you know has the voices of Lemmy, Rob Halford, Ozzy Osbourne in it as well. Um, so that sounds pretty cool. Actually, I'll have to watch a few yeah. uh, let's plays. It's also, and I don't. This is one of those things that you read on Wikipedia and like someone just put this here. Apparently, but then again, it's like it's so weird. Maybe. Not. It's the introduction music used on a Brazilian sports TV show um, called Globo Esporte. So I, I, I can't really. Maybe that main riff you can sort of imagine it introducing some like Neymar goal or something. I, I don't. I don't really know um, potentially, but yeah. Um, you know, I want to urge people. Obviously, listen to Bread Fan if you haven't before. Maybe. You know, you're, when I was younger, for example, Gary Jink, I was a bit like, oh, I don't really want to listen to covers. You know what I mean? I was a bit of a prude <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know why. But, you know, now I fully embrace it. Budgie, listen to Budgie. Maybe in 10 years, I'll be doing a Budgie podcast. Who knows? Um, do, you know. <laughs> do that shit. Hammer and tongs all the way. <laughs> There's Let's no go. audience for it, apart from a few. Buy well- some Budgies. <laughs> buy some bread. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> be a buy fan bread. of bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck it. But uh, any any parting thoughts on Bread Fan? I, we've covered it pro- quite broadly, I guess. Yeah, I mean, just for me, it was, it's a beautiful because I found out about Budgie through this version. Mm. You know, Budgie still remain along with say Blue Cheer and obviously Sabbath. You know, as the yeah. early metal acts, they're a band I can go back to time and time again and just appreciate fully. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So this all down is great. Version, of course, they did crash. Was it crash course in brain surgery yes. as well? Yes, they the, did. Of budgies, which never took me in the same way as well. I was aware it's the same group, but this one always just always stuck with me. And everyone always says about that riff. I don't think you could deny it. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. And um, I'm just on their Wikipedia now, and it's basically saying all. Although Budgie remained quite obscure in their early career, many future stars of hard rock and metal cited them as important influence, including Metallica, also Van Halen, Queens of the Stone Age, Alice in Chains, and Soundgarden. So I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you know, all incredible bands in their own right. So awesome that they would look to, um, you know, Budgie as an influence. And when I did um, Blitzkrieg with Eric um, from, um, uh, sorry, with Brian, sorry, I called him Eric earlier, with Brian Ross. <laughs> uh, sorry, Brian. Um, uh, I'll, 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 there's too many rock stars on this show uh, <laughs> with with Brian Ross of Blitzkrieg. I might try and get one of the budgie guys on to Crash Course. That could be quite cool, actually. That would be it'll be it'll be awesome um, yes. to get into. So if you're listening and you know them guys, let me know. But you know, most of the time it's quite easy to just contact and stuff like that. And I guess just to um, close on Bread Fan as well, as we say, it is a common favorite of the band. They've played it live 312 times. So, you know, it's real mainstay. The first time they played it was in West Germany, October 22nd, 1988. The last time they played it was earlier this year, uh, January 15th, uh, 2017, in Shanghai. So, you know, it, it really is. And I think they opened a lot of concerts with it as well, or it remained one of one of their pulse setters. Um, so, yeah, 
incredible song. And um, Joe, I guess we'll wrap up. Like, um, have you ever seen the band live? I have um, only once in 2009 at the at the inaugural Sonosphere. Oh, nice. Um, which I was by the time we got to Metallica, they were headlining Saturday. I was completely fucked up. Of course. And uh, there are, you know, it's patchy memories, but it's James Hetfield's <laughs> birthday. And, oh. uh, we all sang to him, which was a, a beautiful moment. Yes. And I remember trudging off to my tent and passing out. Right. So, uh, <laughs> it was all good. So, yeah, yeah, excellent experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, man. Well, um... This has been great, you know. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'll have you on again, um, you know, to go through some future Metallica classics and you know whatever, maybe some more obscure stuff as well. But uh, Joe, thank you for joining me, bro. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, man. No. And I'll see you again for a load track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. And yeah, I want to. I want to close up as well by saying, please follow the show, Metallica Pod. Um, comment below. Let us know what you 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 think of the songs. You know what what how, how you're enjoying them. If you agree, if you disagree. We've got the Patreon as well as I say, of course, leave us a review on iTunes. Greatly appreciate. I'm not like Metal Up Your Podcast. I can't give you stickers and koozies yet, or T-shirts or whatever things they rightfully bribe you with. Because they are a fantastic show. Shout out to Clint and Ethan every time. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for listening as well, everyone. This this podcast is, uh, you know, it's been a joy, really. It's been going for like two or three months now, but I'm having a blast doing it. I know a lot of people are enjoying listening to it as well. But Joe, again, thank you so much, mate. Thank you, man. You don't need stickers. You got you got Ray Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's better, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is a sticker that will never fade, that memory. Damn Good right. God. Oh, man. Um, <laughs>